Formula One view with myself, Aidan Raftery, and of course, Michael O'Grady. And as we know, the Formula One season is over now. It's finished before Christmas. And, uh, but of course, now it's after Christmas and we're going to reflect on the year that was 2021 in the world of Formula One. And what a, what a year it proved to be from uh, this time last year. Oh, understatement of the year, really. It's just been mind-boggling. Okay, okay, you could even you could even leave the two very, very, very controversial races at the end of the season out. But it, and uh, it was still a fantastic year. It really was a fantastic year, as, as we all know. Twenty twenty one was supposed to be a bit of a transformation for Formula One, but of course, uh, radical new re- regulations and stuff were go- were supposedly going to come through. But you know, as as with everything with the pandemic, uh, everything is delayed till twenty twenty two, leaving F one, I suppose, in a in a holding pattern, really, which which yeah. perhaps was a little bit disappointing to a lot of people. But you know. All things said and done, it really was poised for a few surprises, wasn't it, Ed? That's right. And uh, you, you were just saying there that there was some, supposed to have been some new regulations brought in, uh, but due, due to COVID and that they were, I suppose, shelved. So I suppose looking at these new rules and regulations that were supposed to have been brought in, do you feel that they would have enhanced or made things worse? I think they would have made things worse for 2021 for the simple reason. Now, the simple reason I think is it would have been too much of an improvement on a car. And, you know, the amount of work these guys put into these things is absolutely unreal. I, I often think, does anybody ever get any holidays? But we won't go into that. But the the amount of work that would have had to been done with the race has been, you know, some race has been given the flick and because of the, the pandemic and then, other races being brought in at the last minute. I think it was just too chaotic. I think they did the right thing. Just, you know, keeping it as it was from the year before. You know, yeah, you could tweak your engine and things like that, make it a little quicker, as long as you're not doing anything, you know, untoward, as to say. So I think it was a wise decision because even, I mean, even in 2021, there was a bit of shifting around the races from time to time, you know. And it does, it, it does add a lot of chaos into it, you know. So I think, yeah, I mean, 2022, which we're in now, of course, um, should be a lot more settled. So I think they were right. And actually, maybe maybe next week we'll do a, a bit of a chat on um, some of the changes to the cars for 2022. That's it. And uh, I suppose uh, looking at those rules, um, you, you were saying they would have made them worse. They would have probably made uh, Formula One worse. But um, do, do you think that these rules would have made uh, been in more favour of one team than another? Or were they... Would they would it be the same for all? Would it be been the same for all the teams? I think if the rules had have moved forwards, it probably would have edged Mercedes a bit more. Um, because when you're in the lead, uh, it's easier to stay in the lead than it is to catch the leader, as we know. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that by the rules staying as they were, it gave Red Bull a bit of time to develop and sort of Mercedes weren't planning on developing, I think. I think they were caught, you know, a little bit off guard. They didn't do as much as they should, whereas Red Bull were burning the midnight oil and getting in there and finding some way to be competitive and faster, as were other teams. I mean, let's not forget, Ferrari did very well in 2021. I mean, from the disastrous year of 2020, oh my God. Um, Bonotto himself said they're not looking to be one of the top three teams and there they are in third place at the end of the year 
fantastic and it was an amazing Williams resurgence too so perhaps the delay in itself you know allowed people to catch up a bit you know said look look let's just work on this for another little while lads and see what we can do and I think Mercedes had hit a stage where well what can we do to actually improve the car whereas the others were well now if we do this and we do that and we saw this in the race last year you know so I think it was a good thing. I, I I think we wouldn't have had such a close year without it. And by God, was it a close year? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, I mean, it was an incredible season. You know, it, it just it re- it really was something special. You, you had two drivers. I mean, you know, you had the king of sort of uh, everything going around. You know, and the kind of the old hand, which is Lewis Hamilton. You know, he's been. He, he's always a little bit wary, a, a bit of a multi-dimensional approach to things, you know. But then again, you're attacking that with Max Verstappen. Uh, he's just absolutely fearless, the man. is no compromise. Wheel to wheel, get in front, kill, 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 kill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see, so had two completely different drivers here. And um, I, I think that was the issue. And I think, I think really... Mercedes were caught off guard. Hamilton was caught off guard. And I think Hamilton had his hands full because um, he had to really turn into that style of racing as well, um, which is something that didn't sit well with him, let's face it. Um, he's just, there's something about Max Verstappen. He's cool, calm and collected and he's able to attack all the time. Whereas I find, you know, Lewis is trying to figure the car out, suss this out, suss that out. And then when he has to attack, yeah, a little bit of that falls away a wee bit. We saw it a couple of times during the year where he was actually asking the team for clarification on certain things. Um, I mean, you know, that's not a bad thing. Um, I mean, you have a million and one things to do in that car. If you've ever seen the steering wheels, the more a radio station would have less levers and, <laughs> and dials <laughs> than that's a right, yeah, car yeah. would these days, you know. So, you I mean, you can't blame the guy. He's trying to twist the tear to go faster on this lap and twist the dare to gain a little bit on that way. And, you know what I mean? They're full on the whole time with those steering wheels. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, it just seems, whether it's an age thing, whether it's a, a focus thing, I can't tell you what it is, but Max just seems to tell them what he's doing and it seems to be the right thing uh, every single time so he's got he's got some way of focusing himself I, I can't figure out what it is um, but it really did uh, it really did come to it and they really did catch Mercedes off guard totally totally and I mean the, in, in the year that was there I suppose the, the, the Bahrain Grand Prix of course was the first one that was that was a great little race I mean you know we, we've seen Red Bull behind Mercedes but not really threatening them that much but that was absolutely totally wiped off altogether in race one there was a, they were as close as they've ever been and they were swapping the lead throughout the race I mean it was just literally overtake after overtake you know Verstappen attempted a pass on, on the 53rd lap or something and he was forced to give the place back Hamilton won it but it was only like 0.7 of a second that was absolutely nothing and that set the scene, I think, for, for the rest of the year. You know, every race after that, there was a clawback. There was a fight. There was something going on. It was a, it was a tremendous year. It's, it's fantastic looking back at it, you know. And, um, you know, may, maybe you should, as I keep saying to people, you know, everyone's talking about the last two races because, well, 
you know, things got exceptionally controversial. But, you know, if you don't focus on them for a minute and just close your eyes and think about the first 20 races, wow, what a season. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I mean, if you look over the entire year, what are the moments that stood out? And I suppose from those moments that you you, you choose, which one will be the moment, the uh, moment of the year out of, out of the whole season or out of the whole year? Well, that's a very, 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 very good question. The Styrian Grand Prix was one I actually liked, to be quite uh, to be quite honest with you. It was a great little race. Um, I mean, oh, okay, we know that um, Red Bull won the race, and I, I think they really dominated the proceedings across the weekend. But it kind of threw down the gauntlet for me. You were watching Max Verstappen and that car just... Lap after lap after lap, it was Schumacher esque the way he was punching it down the line every single time. I've seen nothing like it, and it was the first time. Like I've always liked Max, but they're all very good. There's 22 drivers out there; they're all amazing. Um, they wouldn't be in Formula One if if they weren't, you know. But it was the ones that the first time I saw Max Verstappen in an entire race, sat back and went. Yeah, he's going to win. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, in that particular race, was he was dominated, but they even had, you know, Toto Wolf saying they had no weaponry in their armour at all to, to come back at them. That was, that was a fabulous race. And, of course, the British race in Silverstone was quite good too. But we had a lot of, we had an awful lot of back-to-back races this year, which I, I normally wouldn't like. I'd normally try and stay away from, but they were quite good. But the only thing I found with them is is kind of, you know, you you tend to get the same thing again in each race. You know, you really do tend to get the same thing over and over again. If they win the first one, there's a there's a really good chance they're they're gonna win the second one, you know. But an, another one that stuck out in my mind, of course, well, two races that stuck out in my mind, Silverstone. Um the British Grand Prix. I was brilliant, really close to us. So I mean we can identify, I think. Um, with Silverstone more so than anywhere else. And I mean, it's a great little circuit. It really is. And they had the first sprint qualifying there as well on the Saturday. Um, and I think Verstappen lined up uh, up in the grid first, uh, Hamilton second in the, the actual sprint qualifying. But that's not the way the race finished up. You know, it was absolutely... Fantastic. Hamilton won that race, putting them nine points only behind in the Drivers' Championship. But what a race it was for Hamilton. I mean, you know, he was hunting down people the whole time. I remember he was after Charles Leclerc uh, at one stage and he was hunting them down, hunting them down and hunting. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic to see what a top driver can do in a top car. Now, it's not that people like Charles Leclerc are very good as well, but you know, their cars aren't as good. Charles Leclerc is a young buck. He's definitely a future world champion. Um, don't care what anyone says. He's a fantastic driver. Um, and there's, there is something there, but he has a bit to learn. And then you get the seasoned guy coming in behind him, showing them really, really what can be done. It was absolutely incredible. And I suppose the other one, <laughs> yeah, kind of have to mention it really because it was uh, uh, Max Verstappen's I suppose, home circuit, which was the Dutch Grand Prix in San de uh, I mean, you know, they were absolutely amazed. Um, the grandstands were a total sea of orange. And he took the uh, pole position and, of course, race victory. 
uh, on the day. Fantastic, fantastic little job, I have to admit. Valtteri Bottas came second in that particular one. Um, he was very, very good. He could have won that race if his rubber hadn't went off, but it was going to happen anyhow. But he was exceptional, I have to admit. He did allow Lewis Hamilton through because Lewis was in third place at the time. But it was a fantastic drive. But it does really tell you what a home circuit can do for someone, doesn't it? Because Hamilton in the home circuit of Silverstone was stunning, absolutely stunning. And then on the other hand, you put Max Verstappen in the Dutch Grand Prix and he was a bit on the back foot. Um, car wasn't going as well as he did in other races and yet he just pushed it and it lifted him in the big sea of orange as he goes around the corner. It, it, it must be incredible to be in your, your home audience. A bit a bit like playing uh, uh, Harlan in, uh, for Roscommon in Roscommon. I'm sure it's exactly the same thing. That's it, and of course, even yeah, winning, uh, playing for Roscommon and Roscommon is one thing, but even winning a winning winning a very important game in it, uh, you know, playing for your county and play playing in your county and winning a big a big cup or something is 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 quite an achievement. But uh, I suppose, as in is in any year, of course, in every sport, the you know every sport has lost. Um, has lost very important people from the past, and I suppose it's uh, it, it's adequate that we, we should remember those in this podcast as well. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, well, poor old Frank Williams. I have to admit that was um, yeah, that was a hard one. I think on the entire uh, sort of Formula One world, he's been around so so long. I, I suppose to a certain extent, you know, there was a start of a Williams Renaissance this year. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, which, you know, I, I suppose everybody out there hopes beyond hope that Frank saw because, you know, he was a pleasant guy. He was an honest guy. He was a direct guy. If he made a mistake, he was the first one to say, I made a bug up there, lads. You know, and y- y- yeah. you have to you have to admire that honesty in itself, you know. But he loved the sport. He loved racing. He often said he wasn't a good enough driver himself. That's why he started the Williams team. <laughs> You know, yeah, he said that himself, and he is such a loss, really. He hasn't been around as much as we'd like, but he's still been talking to you know the Williams team, he's still been interviewed every now and again, he's been on television, and he was still a bit of a force behind the scenes, if you get me, in, in guiding yeah. everything and things like that, because it is tough. And a man with that sort of experience, you know. Pat, that's amazing, really. But but we are it, it, it's a sad thing, really. We'll miss we'll miss poor old Frank. That's it. And uh, I suppose you could call him Mr. Formula One, I suppose, in many ways. In many ways you actually could, because <laughs> Williamstein had been around so long and so big and such so iconic, really. It's great to see him coming back again. I hope they can push it on now to 2022. I would love to see Williams right up there. You know, I, I, I suppose it's it's like everything, isn't it? You know, we had two we had a great, great battle this year. Uh, lots of things to, lots of things to cheer about, um, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, isn't it great when you've more than two teams fighting for the win? You know, you get three or four teams fighting for the, for the world championship, and it's just so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I suppose looking at it as well, and uh, you know, may, may Frank, may Mister Mister Williams, I think we'll give him his uh, fitting title. Yeah. Um, may may he rest in peace for all that for all that he has done for Formula One as well. In fairness to him, oh, but yeah. um, I, I suppose really looking at it. Um, you know, there's been some uh, 
I suppose some some outstanding new talent, I suppose, coming through. What are your thoughts on we say maybe your young driver of the year or up a emerging driver that, that uh, has a bright future in the sport? Oh now that is a good, good, good question. There has actually been a few new drivers this year. Um and I'm now gonna have to scratch my head to think about that one. There has been a fair few. Um most of them I have to admit, unfortunately, are we're, we're a bit further down, further down the uh, the old pecking order. Like we had poor old Mick Schumacher um, in the Haas. Uh, yes, again, uh, you know it's it's like everything. I'm sure he's, um, <laughs> I'm sure he'd like to be up the front, but that's just not the way it's going to be at times. You know, Palmer did very well this year. Now I have to admit. Um, he he was he was a really good driver now I have to admit I've never seen um you hear about him every now and again but he seems to be a very 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 consistent consistent driver world champion well we don't know that one yet we can't exactly say but did he do well I think he did very well to be quite honest with you I think he did did exceptional now we have other news of course you know we have of course Valtteri Bottas uh, going away into the distance and test driver. Oh, now his name. What is it? It's very unusual. I know Zoo is his surname. I don't think I can pronounce his first name. <laughs> Last time I saw it, I'll have to hear it on a couple of a couple of the races this year now and see what happens. This guy's a good test driver. Um, he's going to be good. He's a little bit green i suppose uh, for 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 uh, alfa romeo you know but look we'll see we'll see how he goes sorry Valtteri Bottas's teammate not replacing Valtteri Bottas my apologies i did say replacing Valtteri Bottas i didn't mean that uh, it was his new teammate it, it's it's we'd have to wait and see what what's going on um I thought it was a rather unusual decision because of course you know Valtteri's got the experience alfa romeo need the experience they had Kimi Räikkönen um, now they don't, and now to bring in a kind of a a new driver into that as well, mm, we'll have to wait and see. Of course, another new driver in 2021, 2020, 2021, of course, is Mazepin, who's doing quite well. The, the only thing I'd say, I, I'd really say about him, and the, the only thing I thought was a little bit off about him was he did tend to attack his teammates a bit. That's that's just not something you can do in Formula One. It is a team game. <laughs> and we are hoping that it will stay that way. <laughs> as you know yourself, the teams are as well. They want everyone to just, you know, chill out and uh, 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 take in, take the team, take the team orders, as they say. As we saw, very well done with Mercedes and with uh, Red Bull. Everybody pulled their weight when they needed to. And hats off to Valtteri Bottas for doing that too, because, of course, he was leaving and going to Alfa Romeo. So so that was good, actually, you know. So, rookies, yeah. it's hard to say. It was a year dominated by, really, the the Ferraris, the, uh, the Red Bulls, the McLarens, Lando Norris, standout driver, you know. And, yeah. and he hasn't been in the business very long either. So, um well, only time will tell, I suppose. I I, I, I am tipping Lando Norris to charge the Fair for World Championship soon. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And looking at it as well, I suppose, um, you know, in, in the retirement section, I suppose you just mentioned one retirement there. But, uh, you know, as, as we know, um, 
far as we know, Hamilton announced his retirement as well. You know, I, I suppose you, you, you could probably, and a lot of people will point probably point to this as the re- number one reason would have been he, he would have felt hard done by in the how maybe the last race went for him and maybe the decisions were kind of, well, obviously they were out of his hands, but maybe, you know, that they were, everyone was against them kind of thing. And, um, but not alone that, would you would you consider that there would have been other kind of factors that that came into play when deciding that he was going to retire? Um, well, you know yourself, Formula One drivers do, and when they get to a certain age, they do get a little bit more unpredictable. I have to admit, you know, um, didn't happen with Schumacher because he just got out. And he got out a bit younger. I mean, he he wasn't Hamilton's age when he left. Uh, Schumacher really wasn't in Formula One very long compared to other drivers. Uh, You know, compared to his teammates, even. um, He he wasn't around very long at all, really, in Formula One. But Hamilton, I I think, you see, I I think Lewis is at the stage where it's kind of, do I stay or do I go now? (laughs) As the Clash would say, you know, he's not quite sure he had that bad year where he didn't sign up for the team till February, which was just insanity, and it threw them off guard a bit, and then it still did okay. That's still all well, um, but at the same time, he said he wasn't going to do that again, and, and you see how this year goes and, and that year, and he decided, okay, right, I'm not retiring, I'm going ahead with it, and then this eight year ends up the way it ended. I was actually sitting, I have to admit, in my seat for a while, because you know, still even now I'm kind of half expecting he may retire um, or he may say this is his last year. I wouldn't be at all surprised. Um, I, I know he's in for another couple of years with Mercedes, but, you know, it's like everything. Uh, he's a great sportsman. He's a great athlete. My God, he'd run most of us. He'd run rings around us. But in Formula One terms, he's an old man. Um, and... You know, as as Schumacher and all of them will show you when they get older, the reaction time slow. And it's just that one or two tenths of a second in a corner really can make a difference. There's a difference between a guy being a wheel in front of you and, and not in front of you, you know, um, or a nose in front of you, shall we say. And I, I think that's coupled with the fact of how, oh, how voracious, I suppose, how how killer instinct Max Verstappen has um, even though he's one of the nicest guys it seems you'll ever meet and he's very straight he doesn't you know he's just direct and straight and he'll answer any question um, within reason of course can't tell you can't tell you secrets <laughs> Team yeah, that's it yeah but you know I, I, I think he was totally lost with this guy I think maybe Lewis Hamilton seven or eight years ago could have maybe have won that world championship you know but I just think yeah, I think he was feeling it, and he definitely felt it at the end of the year. I mean, as much as I'm a Lewis or I'm a Max Verstappen fan, I noticed in the very last race that um, you know Max came out, did his bit of talk, then Lewis didn't come out, which I thought was curious. Third place man came out, um, Carlos came out, and then Lewis came out third, and I did notice he was off the side talking to his dad, and I'm sure. His brain was just totally fried. I think everybody's brain was fried. Anybody yeah. watching it, their brain was fried. I watched it three times, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And even after the third time, my brain is fried. And 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 that's 
that's not going to help him going forwards. I know they all say they're in great condition and great mental strength and great this and great that and great the other, but it's always in the back of your mind. It, it, it doesn't matter what goes on. I mean, we were watching um, Michael Schumacher against, oh God, his name's after going away from me and I'm only after seeing him on television recently. Uh, Mika Hakkinen, that's it. Um, you know, there was a bit of a fight between the two of them and everybody was strong and brilliant and, Oh, you know, mentally strong, and and there was a race where Mika went off, and he practically fell apart at the side of the track. It, it, it's not as clear cut as it is. There's an enormous amount of stress on these guys, you know, and an enormous amount of money behind it, you know, and it's just incredible how how they can even get up in the morning. Sometimes I think's mad. Is it going to affect Lewis? Yeah, I think he's on the backward foot. I I honestly, if I was Lewis. I'd be saying this is my last year um, because I'd like to see him going out as a one of the top two drivers rather than starting to slide down a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's something you have to look at, really. You know. Yeah. And now, of course, this year he's been paired with George Russell, uh, a young buck, a good guy, bit of driving experience, pretty good. How's he going to fare against them? I mean, if George Russell was, doesn't have an awful lot of experience as much as Hamilton would, um, wouldn't have as much experience as Max Verstappen even would. But, you know, if he's going to keep up and not too far and be do not be behind him every race, you know, that's kind of telling as well, you know. But look, let, let's hope let's hope he goes out in a high, no matter what way it ends up. You know, second in the World Championship, that's nothing to be sneezed at. That's an amazing achievement. That's it, because I suppose really when you look back at, uh, you know, look back at his career, the, the one thing you can you can say about him is he is one of those uh, Formula One legends and he achieved uh, when he, when he reflects on his career he has achieved a lot and he has won he has won a lot of championships and uh, yeah you know he 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 is a, he was a gifted driver and I suppose obviously <laughs> every driver is, is only as good as the car he has and, and vice versa but I suppose that brings us on to the next thing um I suppose looking at all the cars now t- taking the drivers out of it um I suppose the the best when you consider all the cha- um that certain teams made to their car and all that. What was the most outstanding Formula One car with, with them all with the developments uh, that, that you've seen this season? Definitely Red Bull, without a shadow of doubt. Um, there, there's been a few have been incredible, I have to admit. And, and it's not just, it's not all about Red Bull. It, it really isn't. I mean, I have to admit, Alpine came in and they did mid range. They didn't do that bad. They did okay with themselves. Williams, oh, somebody has definitely put a, a, a skip in, in, in Williams' steps. Um, they really did get their head around that car quite well, I have to admit. I was very impressed, Nicholas Latifi especially. Um, they were able to just push that car and tweak that car a bit more. It really was a very good year for them, I have to admit. Very, very impressed with Williams now in general. There was an awful lot that did stay the same. I think Alpine did reasonably well, but really you'd have to say Fernando Alonso did really well um, because he really pushed that car beyond. And I suppose it's a thing that a good driver can do, isn't it? Uh, Or a really good seasoned driver that's really, really pushing forwards, you know. That's what he did. He came back, 
he wasn't in a he wasn't in a winning car. By God, he made that car good. He really did drive that car like hell. It was great to see the Ferrari resurgence. Very impressed with that. Um, very impressed to see them pushing forwards again. They're a team that you can never discount. They're the they're the the, the longest team in Formula One that there is by a long shot. Uh, they are the most successful team in Formula One by a long shot. So they're not going to go away, you know. And after the 2020 season, oh, if they had got set sixth or seventh in the Constructors' Championship, no one would have said that was bad, you know. But they come out in third place. Yeah, they were never going to, never going to compete with Mercedes and Red Bull. That, was, that would be unrealistic. And they did expect, actually, funny enough, um, they did expect to be beaten, um, but they weren't. Um, which was great for them. They did expect that McLaren would be slightly better than them. And McLaren did very well this year. But again, I'm putting McLaren down to Lando Norris, who's a fantastic driver, rather than development of the car. Danny Ricciardo is a great driver too. You know, I, I haven't the problem with any of the two McLaren drivers. But Lando Norris just really pushed out of nowhere. Another guy who's just such a good driver, he's actually dragging the car better than it is. But you'd have to give hats off to Red Bull in the long run. I mean, they came from a bit behind the Mercedes to were right beside you, were waving at you. You know what I mean? Out of nowhere. Now, that, that's, that's, I put quite a lot of that down to Adrian Newey. The man's a genius. Absolute genius. I, I, I remember the um, Ferrari years, Ferrari and Red Bull battling with each other. And, uh, I remember I saw a kind of a title or a headline at one stage after an epic battle that says Newey versus Shuey. You know, yeah. so we're saying that, yeah, Schumacher might be the best driver, but we've got the best engineer. <laughs> yeah, know? man, that's it. Adrian Newey is, is, is just a genius. He can get in there and tweak anything. He, he could tweak... Uh, to tweak a, a, a wheelie bin to go faster. Uh, that's why I have him working in Mike's for the, the new wheelie bin Grand Prix for, for 2022. You know yourself. <laughs> has, to, has to be done has to be done and I suppose really look, looking at the year looking across the year as well um, where would you say more needs to be done has to um, uh, more much improvement or more improvement needs to be done um, I suppose this would be kind of geared both at we say maybe the the, uh, uh, the performance of a car and maybe the driver as well where you feel maybe that they were okay but they need to do better I think I think really has need to do a hell of a lot better I think they were absolutely dreadful this year um I know there's not much to it but I mean Ferrari have a uh, have a little a toe into Haas and of course Alfa Romeo are a Fiat team as well as Ferrari being a Fiat team so Haas technically are partially a Fiat team as well but um, I, I really think Haas need a good uh, kick up the rear end as they say you, you had you had the likes of Ferrari who were saying you know I mean Mike Mick Schumacher is he, he, he is after being brought forwards by Ferrari and they put him into Haas to get a bit of experience and they're very pleased with him um, he has another year in Haas, unfortunately, and I'm sure he won't be happy about that. But anyway, um, they are very pleased with him. But I mean, you're pleased with someone in a car that's either last or second last, you know, all the time. I really think they've got to pull up their socks at this stage. Um, you know, it's it, it's been dreadful for them, really. I think um, it, it's been very bad for them. Um, 
Wolves, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I think the rest of the teams were doing quite well. I think Alpha Tori are a team that needs to pull their socks up and get a bit more power out of that engine of theirs. Um, I, I, I really do. Um, I think they need to just push it forwards a bit. You know what I mean? They're just, they're not performing. And to be honest with you, you know, they've not really got, they, they need an old hand. You know, there is a certain thing about sort of the guy who knows what he's doing and up and coming guy. Uh, that's the way a lot of teams work. Ferrari used to work that way. They're not working that way at the moment. But, you know, there is a lot to be said for that because you've the guy who's the old hand who can tell you, like Kimi Raikkonen, the car's doing this, the car's doing that, the car's doing the other. This is wrong. He knows exactly what's wrong, where it's wrong, and has a good concept of why it's wrong. Um, yeah. Whereas if you get two young drivers like Alfa Tori, they have Sonoda and Gasly. Two good drivers, I would say Gasly would be the better of the two. But that said, would they have the experience of Kimi Raikkonen on his own? Would they have the experience of Altri Bottas? That's what they need, really. Yeah. And I think, you know, Alfa Tori and definitely Haas need to pull their socks up that way. Haas have two young drivers, two new drivers last year, brand new drivers. Um, I'm not saying they were in Formula E and things like that, but, you know, lads, you, you need to get an old hand in there to help you out with the car and to tell you what's wrong when he's driving it. Because that's the only way you're going to you're gonna really pick up anything. You know, it's great to say it's engineeringly perfect, but if it drives terrible, <laughs> you need someone to tell you that, don't you? <laughs> that's it, that's it. And I suppose um, kind of the best of the rest, like uh, is, there, is there anything we haven't mentioned so far that maybe you wanted to, you wanted to bring up towards the end? Well, let me see now. Um, I, I, was, I was very impressed with Valtteri Bottas this year. Um, it was like a new lease of life, I think, to him when he was his contract's gone. He's moving somewhere else. He did get a little bit bullheaded once or twice, but you know, I can't really blame a Formula One driver for that. <laughs> They're all a bit like that, you know. I thought Sergio Perez, you know, he was never the number one driver. He was always third or fourth, but consistency is a big thing in Formula One, and of course, fighting for your teammates. And you ten out of ten, absolutely ten out of ten. Someone who massively impressed me this year um, is Fernando Alonso. I mean, you're talking about an old hand. Um, you know, he came back. He, he left before, kind of, after having massive arguments. He'd been with Hamilton, not a happy camper. Off he went. He went off and he did his Indianapolis 500 and all that sort of crack. And uh, he came back and a lot of people questioned, you know, Fernando Alonso, what's he bothering doing? He's an old man at this stage. I mean, what can he bring? He did well. He even got a third place this uh, 2021. Like, you know, it's... I maybe think... maybe the break maybe the break reinvigorated him. Maybe the, the break was the making of him. Well, I think he was definitely very frustrated and he was definitely, definitely very angry. Um, justified or non-justified, it was directed at teams and a particular driver. Justified, non-justified, I can't say. I'm not Fernando Alonso. I don't know what happens behind the scenes. Um, so I can't say that. But, yeah, I think he was massively frustrated. I think he's just... You could see it in his face before he left. He was just yeah. tired, totally. Whereas this year, he's come back and, oh, my God, he just... You know, he's not in the best car. He's in a mid-middle-middle-of-the-road car. He's doing great things, and especially... You always have to watch Fernando on the start grid. He jumps cars like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And an awful lot of people as well did knock off Sebastian Vettel this year. They were, they were knocking off the season drivers for some reason. I don't know why. Um, 
and Sebastian kind of proves him, no, Aston Martin's not going anywhere, and I'm not going anywhere in a hurry either. You know, he did very well for himself, really, you know. Um, other than that, I, I think we basically we basically covered the thumbs up with everybody, really. I think they did very well. Hats off to Christian Horner of, uh, of Red Bull. He did. He was very diplomatic, even at the end, where he could have been very bitter. He wasn't. He was very diplomatic, smiling, waving. He had a one, but still smiling, waving, cool head. I thought he was good. Hats off for that. Like, uh, uh, you know, he could have easily, the, the, the two of them could have easily, teams could have squared up to each other there and it could have been all matter of mayhem, you know. But no, calm head, and you know yourself, a calm head solves an awful lot of problems. That's it. And uh, of course, you know, so that that's the year that was 2021 in the world of Formula One. And I, I suppose we're both looking forward to it. And as is every other Formula One uh, fan and driver and indeed team they're all looking forward to 2022 the season that, that's coming up but uh, I, I suppose let's hope that the, all the controversy will have died down and maybe that's um, you know certain things have been, been put in place ahead of the season ahead of the new season so that certain controversial moments I suppose won't happen again, but uh, anyway, that's that, that's for uh, for us when we're looking ahead to the new yeah, season. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll, you'll pardon me for sidestepping the controversial moments a bit. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I just think I just think they've been talked about too much. Everybody is on yeah. about them, and they're forgetting the rest of the year and all the great things that happened. You know exactly, and that that's why I think it's it's uh, essential to look back on twenty twenty one and just to let uh, the know, just to let the. Um, the listeners know as well that next week we're going to be starting the first of a new series when, when there's breaks on uh, you know I suppose that now that the season is finished we're going to be looking back at Grand Prix from the past from years gone by and uh, that's uh, what we're starting next week it, and yeah. of course course when there's there's breaks throughout the season as well we'll, we'll be doing the same so uh, i suppose just to let, let the listeners know now we're starting next week like i said so what 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 one are we going to cover next week michael oh, well we have to cover my favorite driver i won't tell you which race yet but we have to cover one of my favorite drivers of all time which is jody Schechter. he's the guy that uh, when I was the high to a grasshopper and looking at Formula One and thinking, ooh, I like this, Jody Scheckler was the man for me at the time. You know, he was the driver I kind of looked up to. So, Jody Schechter, guys, everybody tune in. <laughs> that's it. Okay, well, listen, thanks very much for that. And uh, thanks very much, everyone, for tuning in. And that's uh, something for you to look forward to. Formula One, the past years. So uh, we'll we'll be starting that next week. So thanks very much for tuning in. And thanks very much, Michael. We look forward to talking to you again next week. No problems at all. Take care. No problem. Thanks very much. And that was Michael O'Grady, our Formula One expert.